You're listening to the world's smartest podcast network. When I go to Sacramento, I will pump up Sacramento. Sacramento. Some say the news is fake. Others say it's real. These two don't have the time to check. Instead, Turner Sparks and Michael Ira Kaplan turn to comics stationed around the globe to be their eyewitness reporters so that you can know what's really going on. This is Lost in America. All right, everybody, welcome to Lost in America, episode 239. My name's Turner Sparks. And I am Michael Kaplan, but tonight I'll be Mordecai Kaplan to you, sir. Oh, boy, you can find me at... Uh, you can find me on the road. I just finished my Detroit week, but you can find me on July 31st with Sir Michael Ira Kaplan and Andrea, Dr. Andrea Jones, Roy Professor Andrew Heaton at Lost at Stand Up New York Comedy Club, July 31st, 6 p.m. We will be doing a live show starring everyone from the world's smartest podcast network. We will all be doing stand up comedy, which for me, ho hum, no big deal. You can see that seven days a week. But Kaplan will be doing stand up comedy. That's the headline. That is the opposite of ho hum. That's hum ho. It's going to be, it's going to be, it's going to be an experience, everybody. It's going to be, hey, one way or the other, you're going to, it's like a, it could be great. It could be a car crash. I think it'll be great. You've you've done I mean, well you, the first two times. So if you were on a boat somewhere, if you were on a boat somewhere in the North Atlantic and you saw the Titanic sink from a distance, you're yeah. only, you you that would have been fun, right? So well, come it's a watch story me. to tell for the rest of your life. It's a story to tell. You were there. So. You were there one way or the other. And if it, and, if it and well. you can see. You can see behind me. I got it. It's on the blackboard in my apartment. We wrote it down. It's official. So it's happening. I'm not bailing. I put all I put right down all the important dates to remember. So I won't forget. I've written it down. Not this canceling. is a good I'm time to up. say, Kaplan, this is an audio only episode. <laughs> we're releasing here. <laughs> so no one can see your blackboard, but well, you I can, can see. see. <laughs> I can see it. And it is true. You've written it down. So you're not forgetting about the date. Yeah, you're not. We're not going to call you at 6 p.m. on July 31st. And you're going to say, what's happening? I don't know. Yeah, I can't get out of it. It's official now. So I will be there. Everybody come. It's going to be a smart night. We're going to we're going to have a roundtable discussion. All of our brains are going to we're all doing stand up. And after the stand up, we're doing a roundtable. Yes. Yeah. And you all can right. bring your own questions. We encourage <laughs> you to bring your own questions we, because we don't like preparing topics. Should we do like a lightning round where it's like you try to stump us with some world, some some question and just well, whatever you, you got? Us, no, I, I don't know if questions is the right thing or is it topics? It's a, hey, who do you think is going to take over Cuba? Yeah, just you know? blow hard. Anything you want us to blow hard on. <laughs> yeah, we gotta, we'll, we'll have a take on anything. We'll have a hot take <laughs> I'll have on a literally name. <laughs> anything. Better if it's in the realm of world politics, right? Yeah. It's just like, and if anyone asks us, um, is a hot dog a sandwich, you get kicked no, out immediately. Out immediately. None of that. This is morning to- radio. <laughs> it is not a sandwich for the this record. This is not a yes. secondary market morning radio show. <laughs> this is the big deal. So Kaplan, that's it. That's where you can find me. That's also where you can find Kaplan. You can find me at um, turnersparks.com. I'm on tour September through November, through December. I'm sorry. I'm going all over California, Texas, Oklahoma, um, North Carolina, New York, all over the place, Oregon. I forgot about Oregon. If you're in any of those states, come out and see me. Great openers. Andrew Heaton, Professor Andrew Heaton's opening a lot of the Texas shows and the Oklahoma show. It's come out to that. I people all over the place. Now, Kaplan, on today's episode. Yeah, what are we doing? We're today? doing Who something we a little different. I'm on vacation in California. Oh, it's right. the dead of the summer. Every once in a while, we got to take a week off. But other shows, they take a week off and they just go dead air. They don't show up a, for you. 
No, we we're take not. a week off and we still give you something. You got to recharge the batteries every once in a while. Yeah. And, you know, sometimes we take a week off accidentally because a guest flakes on us. But usually we do not take weeks off. We almost never take a week off. You know, go back through the last four years, four plus years. We are, we are, and this we're like the mailman. And this is really a week off because we're releasing an episode. But this episode is just you and I. It's from a recent episode of our Patreon show, yeah. Live from the Bunker. And what you need to do, this is we're giving you this sample for free. Mm -hmm. So you can get an idea of what we do on that show. And then if you like it, which you will, go to patreon.com slash lost in America for $5 a month. You get this show that we're about to play for you three times a week. It's just Kaplan and I, straight comedy, talking about our lives. You will see this one we're about to talk about. We're about to play for you. It's a trip I took to Williamsburg, Brooklyn recently. Yeah, it's uh, it's sort of like you... You know, we, we talk a lot about the world over here, but this is you lost in America, in your very own city in America. Just well, as we always lost. say, on the Lost in America show, we learn about the world. On yeah. Live from the Bunker, the world learns about us. Yeah, and this one sort of bridges the gap because it's like you, you're you going to learn about us and we're going to learn about how lost you are in America. And I am almost going to serve as the comedian expert because it's about my people, the Jews. Yeah, so this go. is an episode about the Jews. <laughs> so you are, yeah, you are the guest this episode. In, in a way. So Inverent. I think that's it. I don't think we should waste any more time here. Did we forget? Oh, oh, we almost forgot. I was in Detroit, Michigan all last week and had three great shows with Drew Freilich. And I want to give a shout out to a Lost in America listener, a one David Silva, who I do not know David Silva personally. If you're listening, David, I wish you would have stayed because I did a show in Ferndale, Michigan, famously known as the drunkest town in Michigan. The drunkest dads of America, they and say. And it did not disappoint. Everybody was, oh, they were ripped. They <laughs> were hammered at that show. Hanging and from the, the chandeliers at the church, I heard. They were hanging just, from the chandeliers. <laughs> and before the show started, about 30 minutes before, I got a message from Drew Freilich, who was running the door, and he said, hey, this guy is a listener to your show, uh, and he's he wants to buy tickets. He said he loves Lost in America. He listens to all the – he loves the Central America, South America episodes. But then, David, I saw you sitting in the front row. Didn't get to meet you after the show. So write us in. Contact us. Contact me on social media. That's the best way to do it. Everybody else, get tickets to that tour. The Double Happiness Tour is off and running. Full new hour of stand-up comedy. If, you've heard, if you have my first album – um, Turner Sparks live from the Friars Club. Not it's all new material. Nothing. Yeah, don't repeat one word. It's all new. It's a different language, practically. It's Currently, I'm new. repeating. I think one bit. One so bit. All right. Three minutes out of an yeah. hour. But by the time you see me in September, there'll be no, 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 no repeats. So come and to David all. David Silva had a great time. He so he would he he said he raved about the show. He so. raved about the show, even though I didn't talk to him after. You know, he left right after. Leaving immediately is usually a bad sign. <laughs> usually, yeah. when you don't want to meet, when the comedian, when the celebrity is more interested in meeting you than you are them, yeah, that's not, not good. good. So maybe you should retract this. <laughs> maybe I should retract all of that. David the shows were great though. Everybody right, Turner's now down on himself. You got to br bring him back up. You got to write in and say how much you love the show. So write it, yeah. Pam <laughs> fluff me a little bit. Fluff Pamper me. <laughs> Delicate That's ego. it, Cap. Should we get to this episode? This is a special episode for free of Live from the Bunker. Cap, what should we do? Play the music. Play the music. This meeting is being recorded. All right, everybody, welcome to Live from the Bunker. My name's Turner Sparks. With me, Sir Michael Ira Kaplan. 
I'm in my bunker. Kaplan's in his bunker. You are in your bunkers, America. I'm on now. And Kaplan, I had a excursion, outing, adventure, whatever you want to call it, to super Jewish Brooklyn the other day. <laughs> super Jewlands? Super. You left your bunker to go to, it's like going to Colonial Williamsburg. Oh but, boy, was I a goy in super Jewish <laughs> Brooklyn, Williamsburg, Brooklyn. Now, how did was this intentional, or did you go to Peter Luger's Steakhouse and then they make a wrong turn, or what? What was the? Is that where this Peter happen? Luger? I've always people on airplanes always tell me, "Oh, you live in Brooklyn? What about Peter Luger's Steakhouse?" Always on airplanes. Yeah, and I've never heard of it. I don't know where it is. Is that what they're talking? Peter about? Luger's is uh, a steakhouse. It's right under the Williamsburg Bridge, and it's like if you go. Just a little bit south and over, you just end up in. Uh, you know what it is? Peter Lugas is the one. Remember they aver. You know how they advertise on airplane on the, in the magazine, the in-flight magazine. Like it'll say the top five steakhouses in Austin, and then yeah. it'll just be whatever steakhouses paid him money to be in the top five. They for New York, Peter Lugas is one of those. Well, no, the other, but the thing that is other, the thing with Lugas is Lugas is the famous one, right? And then. You have places that are famous for other reasons, like Spark Steakhouse is famous because there was like a mob oh. shooting there, so that makes Shout it out. any of your name, yeah. But uh, there's a lot of steakhouses that have br- have sprung up in the last 20, 15 years that are like some guy who was involved in Luger's. So it's like it started with like the chef, oh, great. the Luger's then it was like treat. the butcher. No, then it was like a guy who was the mater d at Luger's. Oh boy, <laughs> the coaching yeah, it's like the special teams coach. The spe- the coaching tree <laughs> went Uncle Jacks, I think it's called. The guy was like a waiter at Luger's. Oh boy, and they all copied the like steak sauce and everything. But yeah, well, I did not of, go there. No, you didn't go there. But I'm saying if you go there and you kind of walk, like if you park a far away, you could end up in Julin. Like I've accidentally ended up, you know, in it, it's like going back in time. It's like ending up in like Pol- Poland bizarre. or somewhere. So, Kaplan, I thought I if you'd asked me a week ago and said, have you ever been to super Jewish Brooklyn? I would have yeah. said yes. But it turns out the answer was <laughs> well, no. you just thought all of New York was super. Jewish. I thought your house was super Jewish. <laughs> you just Brooklyn. thought like I saw you see every time those guys ask you to shake the Lulov and it rogue, the, the guys yeah. had to say, are you you thought like, oh, that makes this is this is what New York is the super Jews here. No, I've driven. No, no. I, I mean, in all reality, I've ridden my bike from my my place to Williamsburg to do those park comedy shows. And I thought I was going through. It turns out I was kind of going around the super I, Jewish. And there of- are there's levels. So there's more than one area. Like there's like Borough Park and there's Midwood, which is like there's Sheepshead Bay. There's areas that are like a little bit light. They're very Jewish, but they're more like they're not they're not peak. This is the I think you were in the peak land the other day. Okay, we crossed a street. First of all, we were on our we were on the hunt. We're building our uh, uh, renovating our new apartment. Building an apartment. Yeah, is looking for a backsplash for the kitchen, and what? we needed to buy tiles. A backsplash. And so wow. we find all these tile outlets, and we're a tile guy. We're gonna go one by one and walk or bike or whatever, make our way to them. I think we walked the whole thing. Wow, this, this is what is you're doing with weekend. your time. In the tile outlet stores. It's a big Saturday. <laughs> we're doing all the tile yeah. outlets. <laughs> And we go to the first one, fine, no big deal, right? It's in, um, it's it's right next, but it's right next to this project. We're in Brooklyn, right next to a project that has glass backboards on this basketball court. It's like NBA basketball court in the middle of this project. I looked it up. Tracy Morgan built it for them. Oh, okay. I was going to say, like, when you're in real projects, it's like the metal nets. That's like, no, yeah, no, no, no. This was like you're in an NBA court. But anyway. Oh. That's neither here nor there. Now we start walking to the next one and we walk to the next one and we come up to another project and I go, oh, I think this is the one 
Mar it's Marcy Projects. You go, this is where Jay-Z grew up. Oh, look <laughs> so at first us. you're doing a projects tour of New York. We're doing a projects tour. <laughs> and then we're walking. So you're walking through the Marcy Projects. And, and like, you, who are their it's landlords? A, it's a Saturday <laughs> afternoon, you know. And uh, who are their landlords? <laughs> Let's go tour them. And then you cross, literally, you cross the street from the Marcy Projects, which is uh, mostly African-American people. Cross the street. I don't want to generalize. And you are cross the street and you are in the handmaid's tale. <laughs> yes. I mean, these outfits are over the top. They're these big hats, giant beards. <laughs> we we know what these we know what I'm talking about, right? We know what these people look like. The this women is what James Esham said that people are coming from Williamsburg. <laughs> Williamsburg people. The women are uh Fetching. very they're what? They're fetching. No. <laughs> well, if pale is your type, yes. if sheet white is your color, then yes. They they also wear long sleeves, these big hair nets. I, I, I don't know why the hair net. Are they always about to get in the shower? Well, okay. No, because they're wearing the hair net because... They, so when you say hair net, you mean because the hair looks short? Like uh, when you're yeah, but them? a lot of them then have a thing on top. Like, Yeah, they're wearing wigs. Are you aware of this? Like, No, they, I had we, no idea they were wearing wigs. Okay, so they that's the first thing. They wear wigs because they can wear... Only their husbands can see their real hair. Wait, that's, that's the... That's, that's, that's like the their law. part of their culture. So they have... Like, they have hair... They shit so when they get married. This more. This might be yeah, beyond I mean, handmade. Yeah, tale. you didn't know how handsman Taylor was. <laughs> no, I believe when they get married, they shave their hair head down to like. A, oh my god! Can you imagine? Okay, this is hilarious. This is amazing because can you imagine telling just like a regular New York City Jewish woman that she has to shave her head to get <laughs> married? <laughs> I mean, you save a lot of money at the beauty at the salon. Yeah, yeah, but they also like sometimes. So they have can, shaved heads. Or very, or very short hair so they could put the like crew cut, the crew cut look. Yes. The crew cut look. It's like, so then Hot tops. that's why you never saw unorthodox, right? The like, if you ever watch one of the, ne the Netflix series where the girl oh, leaves no. this tribe. No, that's why if you, if they, if, when they escape, they look like they're like party girls from like, um, Ger Ger Eastern Europe disco girls who are in the short hair look or the, the oh like I see when they just right when, when they, they get they out they break out because they don't have any hair <laughs> they look like Latvian club club goers <laughs> exactly they're kind of mal pale yeah they're like hair. they have a DJ booth <laughs> exactly they're ready to go so they but yeah so they don't have hair they have like, they have sometimes they can look pretty stylish in the wigs you can tell the more wealthier ones have the nicer wigs I think yeah but yeah so the hairnets I don't even know what that maybe that's because they don't have the full the wig's not in right or the wrong one, but that yeah, could so be. and they wear, I don't know if you notice that they all wear the kids like have the matching outfit look going. So they'll have like seven daughters all wearing the same clothes or whatever. Oh, and that's again. <laughs> and I think okay. that's maybe the product of just having lots of children and it's just like, you can't make choices, but yeah, that's one of the other observations that I have. Cause they do as, as the end likes to complain, they come here a lot. I don't have to go to them. They get on the ferry and they come to Long Island City <laughs> to enjoy, especially during peak COVID. Why do it, they come to Long Island City? I think because, I mean, the people on the Entepac speculate that there's so much disease in their neighborhood that they oh, want to bring it here. God. That's literally what was being said. And I had, I don't like to defend, I'm not a man, a fan of, of, uh, ultra religious in any religion even especially my people but i had to defend them because i didn't like that connotation but yeah they they liked i think it's because it's by the ferry it's an easy commute they come they have so many kids it's playgrounds it's like uh, you don't have to see all the same people every time yeah so yeah so they travel 
Uh, where was I? Well, I don't even know what I was saying. But yeah, they have a, they, they have a lot of children, and um, they wear the same clothes. That's I'll where keep so going. Far, and they wear I'll wigs. Yeah. So what I here's what I do. Well, I'm gonna keep going with what I don't like about it. <laughs> do you like what I don't like? There's yeah, what I don't like about it also. Pros and cons. Try to sell oh, me no. on it. Maybe I can become one. I yeah. Well, it was a Sunday. Now I remember it was a Sunday because we were looking for these tile shops. Turns out 80% by my by my count, 80% of the tile shops in Nor- in uh, New York City, they're run by the uh, super Jewish Well, community. the Jews, we have certain businesses that we run. No, I didn't know the tiles were one, but the tile district, the as tile we call district, it, is yeah. now known to... Yeah, there's so, some business... That's one of ours. The they were all closed on, a, on Sunday. No, you must have been there on Saturday. We were not. We were there on Sunday, and that's hmm. what I said. I said, I thought Saturday was the day Saturday off. What are they the doing day. today? It's like, hey, baby, get back to work. You know? I don't know. Maybe they can't get any... Uh, These tiles don't sell themselves. <laughs> I, it's, it's, that's a good... I mean, I guess they want a day off. It is the weekend still. You know, yeah, they're but still they're, in America. I thought it's a working people. I thought it was a hey, let's you it's know, positive stereotype. Get up early. Like that. It's a farming community, right? Aren't they from farming background? <laughs> they farming. Wait, wait. Yeah, when they were in Poland, got, there's corns growing, whether you're sleeping or not. You know. Yeah, uh, I don't know. I've never gone. I've never. Or am I mixing them up with the Amish when I say that's farming? the Amish? Yes, okay. I've never gone into the. Um, I mean, they they in the old country they were they were on farms. I'm sure, but that that's was in, what I was. In the 1600s. Kibbutzes? No, that's in Israel. You're mixing up everything now. <laughs> okay, they're and not lo- from Israel. Oh, that's gonna get me to my next point. Yeah, I know a lot of them. Yeah, what was your next point? I'll let you go, and then I'll fill in. <laughs> so, I uh, he, another thing that I I wouldn't say this is good or bad, just an observation is they're immediate. Literally, you leave the Marcy Projects and walk across the street, and it is a different language. Right, hundred percent of the people around you are now. It's like. Jay-Z and his family does not cross the street. They don't go that way. No. And then old, uh, I don't know, uh, Shlomo and, and, the, and the crew. Mendel Tenenbaum does not come over. They don't go his way. No. And you cross the street, and it's a different language. It's a and different culture. It's a different country altogether. It's, it's a, a country. It's a country it's unto a, itself. Right. Own laws, their own everything. So you asked they me don't, what. I, I was wondering, is that Hebrew? That must be right. Hebrew they're speaking. They are not speaking Hebrew. They are speaking what we call Yiddish. Most likely. I don't think they speak Hebrew very often unless yeah. they're praying. Okay. So Yiddish, as far as I understand, it's like a few words like, ugh, yuck, oh, schmuck. The fish. So you, you thought know? Yiddish was schmuck, putz, oikavolt. Is it really a whole language? <laughs> oh, God. This is a serious question. This is a serious question. Wait, I thought <laughs> it was just like, I thought it was slang for Hebrew. I thought Hebrew no, is a language and no. Yiddish is the slang. Like oh we say, God. like, uh, Ebonics. This is old school lost in America. No, no. The other way. So. Okay, Hebrew is a language. I can't be the only one who doesn't know this. So go, go. Pro, no, you're not the only one. But I'll, I'll, I'll back it. No, Hebrew is a language. Going back into biblical times, they actually spoke Aramaic, as and Hebrew was the Bible. But anyway, Hebrew is a language. Okay, I'm Hebrew right. is a language. Okay. But it, it was only people who spoke Hebrew. You know, were people in like Israel, and you know, in old before it was Israel, like going back. So Yiddish is it's a form of German. It's like German from German. like the mid. Yeah, it's like New High German. I think it's like German from like the 14th century or basically at some point, I don't forget the year German. There were so many Jews. They basically formed a language where it was mostly German. The letters are Hebrew letters. They use the Hebrew letters. It's yeah. very confusing. It's very confusing. It's a, it's like when you're a minority, it's like sort of like when you're like, in a, you, speak, you have your own languages. It's like a fascinating thing. Like I'm sure anthrop is it linguistics could, could give you more intelligence on this, but like, like the Jews of, um, of like Spain, they had their own language too called Ladino. Like just like 
and I'm sure other minority groups in different parts of the world have had their own languages within a language. Yes. So, so yeah, it's like it's like you said in China, like each city has their own language, sort of kind and of thing. Each city has their own language. Yeah. I always found um, living in China, English was our it was like a code language, right? right? You can yeah. speak it around your friends if you want to talk about somebody who's across the hall, across the room. You can talk about them in English. Nobody's going to get it. Most likely, no one's going to get it. If you really want to go deep, you go Spanish. But it also made me realize that I to- I understood how minority groups like the Italians formed a mafia so quick. Yeah. Because when you have your own code language, you can just you can it's hyperspeed to crime. If you want to get something done, if you want to rob the guy behind the counter, you can make the plan while you're looking at him, while yeah. you're standing right in front of him. And that's when I went, oh, I get it. I could have a mob. I, there was a point when we almost started a mob in China. Right. And then the Jews, there used to be Jewish mobs, right? I've heard of those. And yeah. they spoke Yiddish because like, you know, Yiddish was in New York City in the early 20th century. There were, I believe, six daily newspapers written in Yiddish. Like it was the language of all the Jews who were Eastern European descent. It spread out. It started Germany, I think, but it was spread so, out wait. to Poland and to yeah. So Yiddish, it was it was theater company for people. It started in Germany, but why would they then use Hebrew if it started in Germany? Because, because the Jews, because uh, all Jews know Hebrew letters as like How? part of their. You're born because there were like there already used to be like um, Reform Jews, liberal Jews. It was just if you were a Jew, you were a religious Jew. You were a Jew. You prayed. So to be able to read your own Bible, you have to know. Yeah, you know Hebrew. All Jews you know would Hebrew. know Hebrew. In the so old no matter where you're born in the world, you know Hebrew. You knew Hebrew. Yeah. You Until didn't know... we got to the New York City, like the Webbers and the. Yeah, Jews yeah. You didn't the, maybe yeah. uh, conversationally know Hebrew, but you knew how to read Hebrew because okay. you knew the Bible, you know, the Torah. So t- so they kind mark- of formed a code language. It's like a code. So it, and it, I think over time it broke off and there's differences. Now, I, my grandmother would say, like, I think she could converse with someone in German. She didn't speak German, but like there was enough similar words, but there was a lot of words that were different. There were words they used to say, like, I don't know if this is true, but I remember they, my uncle would say, like, there's no word for war in the Yiddish language because it's never been used by a country. Like, there's no nation. Like, there's words that were, it was never used by a government. So it was like certain words they just, I'm, I'm going to have to say that's, that sounds like blowhard. It, it might not have been war. It might have been, it was some government word. He, I remember, but yeah, so my great uncle spoke it. My, one of my grandmothers spoke it. All Jews used to speak it. And then when Israel was formed, you know, we did that theme this week. In 1948, they they early Zionism, they decided they didn't want to use Yiddish because they thought, A, the Jews of like the Middle East had never heard of it. So yes. it wasn't a language to them. And B, it was kind of like, I think they kind of looked at it like loser talk. It was yeah. like, we got her. <laughs> we have not done well in all these countries speaking Yiddish. The Obviously, the Holocaust is fresh in their minds, but it was like, we need a, it was they like, almost think maybe this is why people didn't like us. Yeah, we got it. Well, it was like, we, we're going to rebrand. It kind of worked because now Israel, the Jews have gone the other way. They're too, too aggressive. But yeah. Uh, so, yeah. So and then Yiddish and it died out over time because people it was like it became like a lot. It, now, the only people that's the irony is that a lot of secular Jews, you say Weber types bemoan like, you know, you always bemoan the loss of things. So we bemoan the loss of like this old culture that used to be all these great Yiddish writers and but at the same time you do nothing to maintain it we don't do anything to maintain it the only people who are maintaining this language are the people we sort of hate the people yes they're like so like in theory if they i always say like if those people have enough kids who then 
become more secularized, they will yes. like at least bring Yiddish into the future. Yes. And it's like a thing to do is like an adult education thing is try to teach yourself Yiddish, but there's no practical reason. <laughs> like, not, Can I like, say something very, very similar happened in China, which is that people would come over like American tourists would come over European tourists as well. They would come over and they would go, oh, they would bemoan the loss of these shanty villages. Because yeah. like, oh, they've China's lost its culture. You you bulldoze the shanty and built this beautiful new high rise apartment that looks modern. Yeah. Oh, we feel so bad for these people. It's like, no, these people were living in squalor and now they're living in a high rise apartment. That's beautiful. Yeah, yeah like, exactly. Just because you you're bemoaning the fact that when you come visit for 10 days once in your life, <laughs> you, you want to see, see the, poor the old people. Days. Yeah, yeah, you want to see these people in squalor because it makes you feel like you have culture. Right. And that's the thing. Like, so in Europe. We're like when you leave, they still have to live in that. Otherwise, you know, yeah, like we did Ukraine this week on the pod and in places like Ukraine, there used to be tons of Yiddish and it's like a sad situation. That there's a reason there's no Yiddish there now. But in America, it's the opposite. It's Why because, are they no Yiddish well, there there's no Jews left. You know, they were, all, you know, oh, the, that was. Yeah, um, yeah, that's the end of the, the end of Yiddish in all these countries was that they got rid of all the Jews. But in America, it's the opposite. In America, the Jews did well. And assimilated and aren't like we don't need a code language. Yes, <laughs> we I mean, maybe we only win the future. I don't know. But Everybody now, else needs a code language. <laughs> you need a code language. Talk about us. But we didn't need a code language anymore. We can speak English and uh, we can use a few words. You know, the, it's good that we had the schmucks and the putzes of the world. Yeah, so there's, there's like nine words. There's like nine words. Well, there's and, probably more that you guys know. But. I mean, I was I literally at a kosher deli. I, I was in New Jersey over the weekend and I went, I took the kids to see my grandparents' old favorite kosher deli. And on the menu, it's like a very touristy thing almost where they're like, it's like, yeah, like nine or 10 words in Yiddish to, of ordering things like what you should do. And I'm like, I don't even know half of these things and I'm Mr. Super Jew. So yeah, it's, it's a, uh, yeah, that's, Couple so that's last what things here. Yeah. Uh, I noticed because it's pride month in New York city, right? <laughs> it's pride month in America, actually yeah. probably in the world. And first of all, I still think they should say gay pride month because I was listening to the radio. We were driving in from somewhere. I don't know if we had a rental car or what it was. Oh yeah. A couple weeks ago, we had a rental car and we were driving back to New York city and they were saying, um, it was, uh, it was like South Carolina pride month. Oh yeah. <laughs> And it sounds like we're, you know, bringing back up the Confederacy, right. the pride of South Carolina. When that it, sounds it, like it, that doesn't sound good. It was a tourism for South Carolina commercial saying South Carolina Pride Month. Come on down. So they Whereas, weren't saying gay pride. No, it, at the very end of the commercial, they never once said gay pride, right. but it, they kind of I don't know if it was a cruise or something about it in, in made me realize, oh, they mean gay pride. Yeah. But oh, they okay. didn't. They were. It was a guy with a, like a to, southern they're accent. They're going to trap you in. Oh, it's really tricky. <laughs> come on down to South Carolina Pride Month, come everybody. Come on down. Get your rainbow flag and come Do you on think down. He's trying to. Yeah, I think at the very end he goes, "We got a rainbow cruise." And then I went, well, "Oh, it's Gay Pride Month." Maybe they hired the guy and they knew he wouldn't do a Gay Pride commercial, but they liked his voice, so they like he. They basically tricked him into doing the spot. <laughs> or maybe they're trying to get everybody. That, yeah. Like it's coded for the gays to come down, and yeah. it's coded for the people who like. Oh right. no! I mean, I just what love about South people Carolina. who just have pride like in general you know you know it's really so you, you i don't think some... that's what it's for <laughs> no because people but, can have pride for conflicting I mean, ideas i don't have any pride in anything so <laughs> I'd, be, I'd be a terrible gay like you're asking me it's one thing to come out of the closet and all that but like to have pride about anything i've done in my life no i can't do that that's a bridge too far that's too far what about james edstrom what does he do for pride month yeah he the queen is, of yeah, queens the, yeah he's the, the queen of queens he's real <laughs> He's not feeling very proud. He's very upset because Brent O'Reilly did not win 
<laughs> he's very upset because the part the food trucks are all double parked because there was a lot of fireworks the other night. <laughs> the food trucks are double parked. What about the he's weather like, channel? You know what the they best, come back? This is off topic, but somebody wrote an email. Like you cannot. He's out, he's James the Grouch. You can't be positive. Somebody yeah. sent an article. That's his the, bit. Too. Like he knows it, right? It's his bit. He, somebody sent an article. Literally, the article was an how they're opening up a Target in Long Island City, but it's like the other. It's like not the. It's a. It's like by. It's basically like two subway stops away because like yes. it's a big area or like a 15 to 20 minute walk from where we live. Right. Yeah. It's just a simple thing. Like good news is target coming. He goes, he waits a two paragraph monologue. I don't have in front of me, but it was like, there's nowhere to shop around here. I can't even buy a stamp. There's the prices here are exorbitant. It's I'm just sick of it. I'm so angry right now. DoorDash, it's great. If you have a car, you go to Target. I'm too old. I can't carry bags from Target 20 minutes. <laughs> so he's like more mad that there's a Target that's too far away. He thinks that Target should have consulted him before they, they should, moved Everything the should be on our block because he doesn't move even... closer to him. He doesn't even walk the like three blocks to the main but Dragon by Town. By the way, if you... If you had a target in your building, he would hate it so much. Oh, he'd be complaining about the noise. Yeah, of course. Okay, so so point being that it's Pride Month in New York City. You can't walk two blocks without seeing a rainbow flag or anything Mm. except when you're in super Jewish Brooklyn. Not a peep of of gay Pride Month. Well, a couple things I always spot. One, you bring this up. It's funny timing. Uh, I'll... I always say there's different sects of there's different sects of the Orthodox, right? You were there where you were is like the Satmars and the um, I'm blanking on the name, but they're the two most hardcore ultra Orthodox Hasidics, right? Okay. The Chabad, which is where my kids go to Hebrew school, I, they're the most like they're Orthodox. Don't get me wrong. Is it Chabad? Does that mean like a church, like a temple? Chabad is a it's a it's a sect. It's like they oh, believe this type of okay. they're named after this one rabbi. Uh, the Lebeb- so your kids go to an Orthodox school? They do because it's the only one in the neighborhood. And but my point is, Chabad's very welcoming. In like they think any Judaism they get out of a Jew is going to help bring back the Messiah. So like yeah. they're the people who are getting you to shake that thing when you see the people on the street. I see they're down on the street. Yeah, they're, they're friendly. Like, they're kind of like yeah. It's almost these like other ones not more, so friendly. No, they that, didn't, that's what I'm getting at. So not happy about us. There's there. a there was a viral. F- a photo on Jew Twitter, J Twitter, we call it sure. today that I kept seeing where it was like from the Tel Aviv gay LBGTQ plus rally. Yeah. The, uh, there was a viral footage of a Chabad guy, you know, it's a Philinar, which is where they get, they get the guy in the side of the street. They, it's, they get, a, they, they wrap this thing around your arm. It's like a real hardcore prayer thing. They wrap it but, around a Jewish person's arm or a wrap a Jewish person's arm. And they have, you say a few prayers and they consider that like, if they can get a Jew to do that, who's not, who's like not normally religious. It's a mitzvah. That's a huge mitzvah. But, but these guys in the uh, Orthodox that you're talking about, they would not want a gay person. They would not believe in a gay person doing this, but sure. the Chabad guys were at the, we're at the gay pride parade getting the, get it. So that's why I always say that I always defend them because they're the, they're the most. Uh, All right, you know. that seems like uh, like my like the Jewish version of my church, my Presbyterian yeah, it's church. It's a very we they're religious. In the Pride Parade, they're not like pro gay. Don't get me wrong, but they're oh, not. Oh, that's oh, then no, they're not. not they're like not marching in the parade, but they're not. They don't think you're going to hell, kind of thing. Like I, see, you're, I see. So yeah, so they're not the, now. Don't also, ask, don't tell. Yeah, Jews. but but the other thing that I brought up when I was when I was uh, defending these people a little bit to the Entapac is that they are living, as you said, in another country. So they don't have TV. They don't have internet. They consider it like a sin. It is like, a, like they don't, unless it's like a sanctioned thing. internet. Why not? It, why no internet? Cause there's bad it, things on the internet. They don't want exactly. So like 
They do not know. There's good things. They don't know what's going on in the world. Essentially, like the COVID stuff. The reason why COVID partly was such a problem there is a is that they were they get their information secondhand, thirdhand. So like you have to get the rabbi that they listen to 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 agree to your cause, and then they hear it from him, and then like, oh, okay, we'll do that. So like they listen to their rabbis, and they listen. So they have no idea. Not that they would be going to it, but they have no idea Gay Pride Month even is happening. Like they yes, don't know. I see. They, True they don't. They do not know. Like the amount. Like well, and that's why during the election in New York, they have like their own Yang agreed to like the reason he got their endorsement is he was he agreed that he wasn't going to touch their how way they educate their kids. But they have they have like their own education requirements in public schools. Like wow. they don't have the same schooling my kids get or every other kid in your. They're on their. It's like their own country. They have a different. Yeah. I don't do think they, they get critical they, race critical, theory. There's no critical, critical race theory. <laughs> I mean, they We're wouldn't even know the same thing. It wouldn't even. It would be so bizarre because they don't even think about like the way they, the way they would think about like black and white issues is totally it's just different. Jay Z lives there. I live here. Yeah, because they don't like those people, obviously, but they don't like you either. They don't like me. You know, like they, they don't really so, don't like you. Well, they, yeah, actually, they think of me as the worst because I was born a Jew. You and, and Ari Shapiro are the worst. You didn't have a you, me and Ari because you didn't have a choice, sort of. Like you're bad, but you're like, but I was born. I was born I, bad. Yeah, I was. I was born, you were born like, good. I was born chosen. And then you went bad. and I chose broke yeah, bad, yeah. broke bad. But did you see? Um, wait, and, but, and no, go on. Oh no, but you maybe this is where you're going. But you had told me about uh, a mix-up with their Pride event. Well, they had sent out something Happy Pride Month or something like that. Oh right, yes, I did tell you that. Yes. <laughs> That was they. Uh, that was so. That wasn't them, but there was a um, kosher restaurants in New York City that I guess hired like had sent out the uh, Mendy's, which is you know from the Seinfeld episode with the soup. Do I don't Mendy's? know Mendy's, but they had a PR team. You said they basically sent out some emails to their people, being like Happy Pride Month. That all the stuff you get from like social justice email lists. Yeah, couple, just like they, hey, yeah, everybody have a great Pride. And month. some of their clientele did not like that. And um, then they had to send out follow up saying that like, oh, we hired a social marketing team to, to they didn't we didn't know we don't look at the stuff. Basically, so they're like, saying apologies for wishing you happy Pride <laughs> Month. Don't don't worry, we really hate gay. We still hate <laughs> gays. We still. I mean, they got to tip. And what around. did people think about them versus now? Where them versus Chick Fil A? Should they have like some type of uh, agreement, some type of union? Because they they come together on the fact that they both hate gays, right? And they can work out a thing where where you know they're not open on on like Sundays. A two for one, maybe Chick Fil A is not open on Sundays, so you could send the people to the kosher place. On and then yes, we're not open on Saturdays. We work at a deal where you go to we we send wow. our customers. So we need kosher Chick Fil A though. Here's the issue, the only issue. I think a lot of the Chick Fil A fans don't like the kosher fan kosher fans. I don't know if those two crowds enjoy each other. They don't. Yeah, I mean, they don't hate each other. I don't know. Yeah, yeah you're know. right. They maybe they, they don't. They defend well, Israel. They don't. Well, know that's why. the thing. So here's what's. I'm gonna blow your mind a little. bit. It gets a little tricky. Some of those people don't like Israel. Wait, some the of who? The, the the people in Brooklyn. The Hussies. really the super Jews. There's a sect of super Jews. There's, there's different sects. So it's like I'm blending them all together. But there's one sect that they believe because the the Messiah, right? It's, this all everybody's very important with the Jewish Messiah because we don't believe Jesus was the guy. Yeah, you're That's still what, waiting. We're still waiting for you the Moshiach. He, he, you said you believe he was a guy, but not the guy. He hasn't come yet. They're still waiting. They're just yeah. waiting. So, so the Chabad's they, they they're the ones who they sing Moshiach now. They give it the. There's one group that believes that there's a part in the in the Bible that says essentially the Messiah is going to come back when the entire world is lined up against the Jews. 
Oh my so gosh. The idea of Israel. So they so, liked things like, like well, the, the Holocaust. A, they don't think Israel should exist because they're saying that Israel's only going to exist when the Messiah brings Israel back. Because that's also part of the deal. When the Messiah comes back, Israel, the whole greater Israel goes to the Jews and all the Jews. I don't even know how it works. But they also believe, yeah. So the fact that America is supporting Israel, is supporting they Jews. They don't like that. They don't like that. So like most of the world does line up against Israel. Jeez they need, Louise. They're a little, it's a little bit of a, it's like, it's like tanking in basketball. Like the, <laughs> yeah. the ultimate Sam Hinkies. They want to lose. Let's trust the process. Yeah. The Holocaust didn't go far enough. You're right. They're like, <laughs> They're like, why did you get involved, America and Britain? They believe <laughs> going, the, the Messiah was go. about to get involved, and then you came in. Oh my so, gosh! Uh, yeah. So that's one interesting uh, nugget. Um, <laughs> that's quite the nugget. <laughs> the other thing I was gonna oh, I, it wasn't quite on that level, but I was thinking this is that my first experience, real experience with this extreme world, was when I was in Israel. In there, more of them are in Brooklyn. Believe it or not, I believe there's the ultra orthodox are even. More hardcore in Brooklyn than even in most parts of Israel. But there's, that a, makes neighbor- sense. there's a neighborhood. There are a lot of the Haredi, I believe is what Dan said, in Israel too. There's a lot of ultra-Orthodox. And, but there's a neighborhood in Jerusalem called Meya Sharim. And this neighborhood is like, you talk about, it's like really like going back in time. Like they don't have like, you're like walking through like, you know, I was there in two, 20 years ago. But it was, no te- every once in a while you would see some guy like almost sneak out a flip phone, cell phone. Yes. And that was like the one, like he's like allowed to have it, but there's no technology. There's, you know, the clothes are being dried on the, you know, everything. Windows. Yeah. The, windows. The and hangers. They don't have any news. News doesn't come there, but it comes by like carrier pigeon or something. <laughs> and they, re, people, we went there. Our tour group took us there. And I don't understand. They know they want to show us these people. These people do not like being treated like zoo animals. Yeah. And they do not like Most seeing women. Like they don't like seeing women who are not uh, dressed like, they I don't think see. The, they don't like women with hair. Well, Shave most of the girls in our group listened to the advice of like really modest, but some of the girls just did not understand why this would be a thing. Yeah. Like the, every Israeli they met was cool, whatever. So yeah. they didn't. Like, it wasn't like they were dressed like uh, going out on a Saturday night, but they were dressed. They were showing too much skin. Sure. So the combination, I think, a of these slutty. two, a little slight, <laughs> a little combination of these two things, and they didn't cut their hair for us men. So the combination of all these things and these people start throwing rocks at us. They start throwing bags. They threw what? bags of water, I thought, but I actually realized later or so, it was bags of piss, someone said. Oh like my they were God. throwing Wait. stuff at us. You mean they just had piss ready just in case? Yeah, it was like water balloon bags. Of- Holy it- cow. Yeah, it was a way like in the olden day. The, the Palestinians used to throw rocks at soldiers before they got more high tech, they used yeah. to say. That's what they, it was like they were doing the same thing, but to us, it was like they were throwing bags of. Well, no one threw any rocks at us in Brooklyn the other day. Yeah, Brooklyn is a little better because they have a little more outside contact. And the last thing I wanted to ask you, because we talked about this, I think, last episode or two episodes ago, did you notice the Arab thing I mentioned? The the line of wire? No, I was looking for it and I couldn't find it anywhere, but I was specifically looking for it. So Stephen Kaplan gave me some, uh, he's a little more uh, knowledgeable on the Jew stuff. So he says, slight correction. I got it. It's like basically there's rules in Judaism where you're allowed in the home to carry things during even on Sabbath because yeah. you're at home and you just can't do it outside the home. So the Arab, it's like they connect all the homes, I guess, through this wire in like the main part of a town so people can go. So essentially, while you walk around your town, yes. you're still at home if you're under that wire. 
So oh, because the wire means it's like the same structure. Yeah, so you're not like allowed to home. like play video games, but you're allowed to push a stroller or carry wow. or carry a bag. So that was his one. But he said like Jews. Like he he said the 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 finding loophole thing. Like he mentioned that there was a town in Iraq, you know, like when Jews used to live in Iraq, sure. where it was like part of the local culture. Some dish were like a meat and milk dish was part of a. a and like the rabbis basically ruled for generations. They're like, oh, it's allowed because it's part of the culture already before we made this rule. Before we got here. Before we got here. So yeah. like, so there, there, there was a loophole to the meat milk rule basically because they like to eat. But you have to live in Iraq. <laughs> you have to live in Iraq. Well, that's know, the Iraq downside. used to be. Pre-Saddam Hussein, it was lovely. So that's my that's enough Jewish knowledge for the day. I'm sure I got that wrong too. We'll get follow up hate mail. But well, the last thing, and I we're almost done here. I mean, we're really doing one topic per episode these <laughs> we're days. We're really getting long winded. <laughs> but the one, the one, uh, one of the things I loved about it was the second you cross the street, you leave Jay Z's neighborhood and into the um the new neighborhood, the super Jewish neighborhood. All the signs change. And it's all, I mean, really, you get this feeling like you're in a different country. Yeah, like more the, so than I would say Chinatown. I mean, the it's school like, buses are all in Hebrew lettering. It's written, it's Yiddish, but yeah. The all school, the buildings are. I'm like looking signs. at these really cool buildings. I'm like, maybe it's a bank. I don't know. Is it a hospital? Who knows? Because all the signs are different. Yeah. No, I mean, that's why my kids are always like, oh, there's so many Jews. And it, like they when they come oh, even to my neighborhood, they're like, there's so many Jews. Look. And I'm like. You have to like identify we're Jews, <laughs> but yeah. yeah, no, it's fascinating to like, it is it interesting is to see how they, you know they what it is? Cause it's such a small neighborhood too. It's really like going into a different land at Disneyland. That's what yeah. it feels like. You cross, it, you cross this one street and all of a sudden you're in Tomorrowland and you're like, Whoa, right. look at all and this that's, stuff. And that's what my point is. It's like, and it, but it's authentic. So it's like when people are complaining about them in the Yentapak, I just think it's hilarious because they are yeah. not going to see this message ever. They don't they're never going to see it. Yeah. <laughs> they well, don't even understand great, uh... you're taking a picture of them to put on Facebook. They don't even know what that is. Like, <laughs> yeah, you're like not another, shaming them. It's like they're coming from another. And they, yeah, it's hard to shame when they don't. Yeah, it's like two-way stupid. They don't like. To be shamed, you have to know that the internet exists and yeah. that you're on it. Yeah, so it's, it is fascinating. In it, closing, yeah. I'll say that we went back uh, to one specific place on the border of their mm -hmm. neighborhood uh, the other day to find a tile shop. We went in. It was Hasidic Jewish run and they were lovely people. We bought the tiles from them. So you got a tile guy now. We got a tile lady. You got Do you need uh, 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 bathtubs by any chance? We have a bathtub. We don't oh, because I know a guy, you know, you an extra know, bathtub. My my jeweler, Ben, he <laughs> he's, he's pivoted. He's like a the bathtub. In he bought, it's a long story, but he somehow somebody gave him a really good deal. He's the ultimate like business. He someone gave him a bathtub? really good deal. They were building an apartment building and they couldn't use the bathtubs. So he, he took like 100 bathtubs off their hands. <laughs> he's got them stored in a warehouse in my neighborhood. He's and trying to I'm trying to I am trying to take a cut. So if anybody out there needs a bathtub, <laughs> you'll get like wholesale prices. You'll be getting like. Yeah, but Kaplan, most apartments now come with bathtubs. That's the problem with this planet is <laughs> it wasn't well thought out i mean ben i love him he's god bless the guy he's a, he's a, he's a mensch but he doesn't he's, he gets a little ahead of himself sometimes his plan so we might have to add him to the it's just the, the, the uh, roster of characters yeah. <laughs> yeah sounds good cap that's it from my bunker well, to your bunker to the world's bunker what should we do well it's friday night you've inspired me i'm gonna go light the shabbos candles so shabbat shalom everybody shabbat shalom. that's the ultimate bunker up bunker up
Wilson, you sent the game-winning email at the buzzer, avoiding a 4.55 meeting on everyone's calendar. How did you do it? I got a huge assist from Grammarly, an AI writing partner that helped me make my point. And it works everywhere I write. Summarizing a doc only took one click. When everyone uses Grammarly, everything just makes sense. Go to Grammarly.com slash podcast to download it for free. That's Grammarly.com slash podcast. Easier said, done.